We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. And today we're going to get crunk. We're just so ready to get crunk because we have Jake back from our episode called Empire Swipe of Mind, where Jake and Nathan discuss their preference for dating in New York versus San Francisco. They felt like there were more women in New York, they were more put together, they crafted well thought out messages, and they were more aggressive.
a big part of this is just what San Francisco is in the first place, right? And what types of people San Francisco tracks. Now in New York, they're a bunch of models, they're a bunch of theater people. It attracts all sorts of really beautiful women who grew up and watching these different shows and they watch Sex and the City is a big one. They want to live that life in Manhattan. It's not the same with San Francisco. If you come out to San Francisco, you like work in tech, you're a nerd for the most part. And what kind of <laughs> girls does that attract? Uh, you know, not to say that there aren't that many beautiful, you know, that there aren't beautiful girls that work in tech, but I think that it's uh, few and far between. You know, I, I only swipe right on the most beautiful ones in New York, and I can't even afford to swipe right on the mediocre beautiful ones in San Francisco that I may go on a date with here, just because there's too many of them. I can't, I just can't talk. To, I have so many girls trying to message me, I can't even respond to all of them. Well, since the episode aired, we've had a lot of feedback <laughs> from men and women who have very strong opinions about that episode, if you will. First of all, Jake, hi. Hi. <laughs> it's, uh, it is a pleasure to be back. <laughs> We've missed you. <laughs> um, I don't know if you'll feel proud about this, but it was definitely one of our most controversial episodes to date. That elicited yeah, the you know, most that's surprising because I don't think that episode was controversial at all. I don't think so. Let's talk about that. Did you did you listen to the episode? I I did listen to it. And what were your thoughts? I don't, I don't know. I just I didn't think it was that controversial. I think that uh, it's pretty pretty normal. I I thought that uh, viewpoints should be like that. I don't know. So why do you think that it elicited such a strong response from people? What do you think it could be? You know, I don't know. It's it's I it boggles my mind. It really does. So, so I'll give you an example. We okay. had someone email in and say, uh, "quote To be honest, I almost could not make it through the episode Empire Swipe of Mind. <laughs> wow. It was cringeworthy to listen to these SF tech guys fantasize about New York women (parentheses models) before having gone on a date with one, mind you." And generalizing SF women as the single most popular stereotype, which is yoga pant wearing, ultra feminist, nothing wrong with that, by the way. A male listener on Twitter wrote, wow, they sound super superficial. They're like, if they're hot, I'll date. Oh, geez. Another female listener said, can I get the Instagram of the guy who's only willing to settle for the best looking girl? He's got to be like 6'2", CEO, part-time model, and part-time athlete. No? I would say so. Yeah. And a, and a male friend, male friend, I'm rolling my eyes over here. And a male friend personally wrote to me and said it was just cringeworthy. Well, uh... so I, I think I want to give you an opportunity, Jake, to talk about this before what else we're going to do with this episode is that we've brought two women who oh, also wow. had strong reactions to the okay. episode to come and explain to you why they had such strong reactions. So they're waiting in the wings right now. Okay. But before we bring them in, I want to hear from your side. Has anything changed since that recording? Like the way you think about dating in San Francisco? Well, not not the way that I think. I stopped the New York dating apps. I stopped, I stopped matching with people in the New York dating apps. Why? Because I just am too busy here. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I was telling girls that, oh, I'll be out, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> 
I'll meet you in a couple of weeks. And I just never was able to get out there. Recap for our listeners so. who may have not listened to the episode. You were basically doing like remote swiping. From right. San so I had I had a list of I, a couple dozen. Yeah. And I still do. I, was, I have a list of a couple dozen girls that I matched with in New York. And, you know, I kept them on this list. So like when I went to New York, I'll just go down the list and, you know, date a couple every night, maybe five, six, who knows, however many dates I can do a night. For that listener that wrote in the first, the first one that you're talking about, and she said, oh, they never even dated anybody in New York. Well, that's not true. When I visited New York, I, I did go on a couple of dates. You went on dates. I went on a couple yes. of dates. And there was one girl that actually flew to San Francisco just to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in a conference in San Diego and she flew up here. She's like, oh, I'm in the city. And just to see me um, and get her, you know, I guess hookup because she couldn't do it in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I did go on a couple of dates when I was in New York. I just haven't been back to New York frequently because of business. Okay. okay. All right. That's fair. That's... So uh, what about like your dating status? Are you still dating? Are you single? What? I'm single. I'm still dating. I would say I'm toning it down a little bit because I've just been very busy doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you're still trying to find the best looking girl. Certainly, if, if, if I find the best looking girl, that would be good. I'm definitely looking for that. We're going to bring these girls in. What do you think they're going to say to you? Well, I, don't, I was actually more thinking about how they're going to look if they're going to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, oh my I wasn't God. really thinking about it. So not much has changed since okay. the last episode. You're still well, well, I mean, pretty I don't know. superficial. I, whatever, whatever, they, whatever they say to me, I'm sure, you know, whatever. I mean, this is... But I'm I'm excited. Whatever they want to say, I'm sure I'll have a response. I think in general, we obviously want to hear from women because we've heard strong opinions from men. And we also had a strong opinion on our season opener, too. I think our goal of this is to hear from the strong women as well. But I think ultimately it's not meant as like an attack in either way. It's meant to like resolve why both sexes are frustrated and having problems dating in the city and what we can do about it. So it's... Right. And I I just, I feel that, I I do feel that too many people think that, um, well, you call it superficial, but I would say it's not really superficial. It's just the way things are, you know, and... Why is it not superficial? Well, because it's, you know, are you hot? Are you attractive? Are you this Isn't that being superficial? Well, that's just how things are. I wouldn't call it superficial. (laughs) We'll resume this at the large discussion with everyone. All right. Let's bring in the ladies. The girls are here. Oh, hey. I want to introduce the two women we have here. We have Kat, who has been in San Francisco for eight years. Um, She's actually from the Bay Area, so she, you know, she knows this area very well. And she is 33 years old. Then we have Jenna, recently married. Congrats, girl. She's been in San Francisco for four years, originally from Oregon, and she's 31 years old. Um, On Jenna's form, because we asked our guests to talk about, to write down what is their purpose of coming on this podcast, she wrote, confronting douchebag, (laughs) confronting douchebagness head on. (laughs) Works. It works. And then we have someone from Jake's side who is a friend of Jake's. His name is Tony. Hey, everyone. Tony, I'm uh, Jake's uh, buddy. Uh, Don't necessarily agree with Jake on everything. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tony, he's in his mid-20s. He's been in San Francisco for three years, originally from the East Coast, but not New York specifically. (laughs) And he moved to San Francisco right after college. So sort of his... Um, dating experience has been what's been happening after college. So we're going to get to you. But first of all, let's get to the women. What were your initial thoughts after you heard Jake's episode? What are my thoughts? My thoughts are... (laughs) 
makes someone beautiful to you? All right, so what makes somebody beautiful? I would say it's both the inside and the outside, but mostly the outside. So <laughs> when you are 80 years old and you can't take care of yourself and you are shitting your pants. <laughs> Which happens. Need, well, it, does. <laughs> it does. Depends is there for a reason. What are you basing, say you get married, what are you basing them on? Someone who looks appealing? Mm -hmm. Well, there are, there are a couple hypothetical fallacies that you that in your question. Right. One is that if I'm 80 years old and pooping myself, I won't be 80 years old and pooping myself because I'm going to be taking very good care of myself, working out all the time, great nutrition. Oh my god. You know, I'm, there's a lot hey, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of people over 100 years old that still walk everywhere and do this. So I'm going to be very independent. Second of all, there's nothing wrong with marrying a when you're when you're older marrying a girl that's younger um so right i i agree my husband is eight years older than me totally agree okay great. however i, I guess my that. question to you jenna is that what is your what are you trying to get at with that question from his episode what i got out of it a lot was i kept hearing i want someone beautiful mm -hmm. i want someone and and that was it not i want a partner i want someone who i can come home to and share mm -hmm. and be vulnerable with and someone to share a life and experiences with well i'm not going to be vulnerable anywhere <laughs> okay ever at all okay. what <laughs> you're just you're just going to be non-human <laughs> Well, I, all right, maybe not. Sorry, when I you're mean, having I just, an orgasm, I'm sorry. I am not going to come home. Ever. First of all, it's kind of funny how you said that because coming home every night implied that I'd be working and then the woman would be a housewife. So, oh, that's not necessarily. It's that you're both going to come, also come home. home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone coming home. I'm just saying okay. in, in terms All right. of so, seeing someone. Anyways, I don't, I'm not going to come home every night and be vulnerable. What is that, you know? Well, um, in, a, in a relationship, you have to be, it's a give and take. Well, no, I'm, I, maybe I'll be vulnerable every <laughs> now and then if somebody dies or this, that, you know, whatever happens. But it's not the like definition I'm, of vulnerable. <laughs> I'm not, it's not like I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm, it's not like I'm coming. It's not like I'm going to come home every night and be vulnerable. You know, a, a, a real man's man isn't vulnerable. So would wow. you? This is like going <laughs> in a whole new level. Of like, <laughs> it really is. I didn't even realize you were this type of guy. Wow. What, what is? Yeah. What's your like, takeaway from it? I mean, it, I was kind of like when I was listening to you, I was like, okay, I hear you. Like, yeah, like people are. I agree. Like when I go to New York, I'm like. There's way better looking people here in general. People put themselves together. They're more fashionable, et cetera, et cetera. And they know how to talk to people. Like I go to New York and I go anywhere and I get approached by men easily. Where here it's like, I don't remember the last time someone bought me a drink, right? Mm -hmm. So Although I've done that. See, this is an, another example. These women complain about guys that don't approach them or guys that don't buy them a drink. And Tony knows that I've done a lot of that. I've approached a lot of women True. and nearly all of them, all of them, not not all of them, but nearly all of them will feel threatened or will not like that approach or not like me wanting to get their number. I'm curious, how are you right. approaching them? I have, I, I 
and approaching them very, very, very good. It's a very good approach. What, I mean, what I'd like it? to be like the judge of that. What, what is your approach? I, I think Tony could, I think one thing well, that... Even Tony. Though, Tony. Think, Tony's like, I'm like, sign one, up for this. Think, can I exit? Okay, look, one thing that Tony can agree with is that I am good at approaching girls and talking to them and this and that. Well, you, you are, you are, I'll say that you are very good at putting yourself out there. Like he definitely is happy to put himself, you do a good job putting yourself out there. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah definitely so, uh, puts himself out there. Um, but the few times I've seen you approach girls, two minutes later, you're approaching another girl. And to me, I wouldn't like that. If you, no. if you were just talking to someone else two minutes well, before. Well, that's optimization. And that's called douchebaggery. Cause that's <laughs> right. not, yeah, no, you're optimizing your <laughs> no, douchebaggery. Well, no. no, a douchebag, uh, that not defines a douchebag. A douchebag is not somebody who will go talk to one girl and then go talk to another girl five minutes later. It's not a douchebag. A douchebag are guys that beat their wives and do a lot of other these bad things. Uh, there's a spectrum of line there. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Cat, uh, you were, uh, yeah. you were okay. trying to make another point. So here. I'm like, all right, I hear you out, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I also like dating in New York better too, but I also think that it just depends on the type of person you are. Yes. And what, like, I'm an outgoing person. I like to get dressed up. I like to go out. Uh, I can have normal conversations with people. I'm not socially awkward. And I don't like Star Wars and playing magic at one or, you know, like that kind of thing where like, that's what's people like to do here so I think it just depends on what type of person you are Mm -hmm. and what city like fits you in terms of like the type of people that are there but now you're meeting Jake in person what's surprising to you about him now well I didn't realize he was like I thought I mean making the comment like I'm never going to be vulnerable because a real man isn't vulnerable I'm like whoa that's Okay, that's like a whole other level. But that's true. But I that's true. No, that's not. I mean, yeah. I think this is. I definitely think you're wrong. Well, that's, well, no. that's number one. That's a, an opinion. Yes. And well, all right. I'm not saying that <laughs> never vulnerable. What I what I meant is we don't come home every day and be vulnerable and curl up in a ball and say blah blah blah. Somebody was making fun of me. But that's not vulnerability. vulnerability yeah, that's called complaining. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to turn it over to the women again. What is it that irks you about some of the things that Jake is saying? So I think the, the main thing for me that I wanted to be like, that's, I have a rebuttal, right? Was when you were talking about the numbers game. And then you spoke to part of it about like, there's a lot of gay men and there are, there's a lot of straight men too. I think that, that, that in the city, there's more, there's more straight men than straight women. But if you took out all of the men who don't know how to talk to women or like anyone in general, I think that there's a lot more socially awkward, nerdy, introverted dudes in the city comparatively to women. And so when you take that into consideration, like, I think that the ratio of men to women is more equal or even like lopsided in favor of men. So I think back to what Jake (laughs) was saying, he's like, well, I'm one of the few men in the city who actually approach women and talk to them. So in theory, he should be cleaning up in the city right now. Why do you think that's not happening? I do have another theory on why that is, because when I was sharing an apartment years ago, I was living with younger girls who were like maybe, you know, five years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, I remember the days where I was like, 
wanted men to call me. I wanted guys to like call me on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like this is like how old school I am. And those girls would be like, oh my God, I'd freak out if a guy called me. That would just be so weird. Mm-hmm. And I think that they also are not used to getting approached at bars because they're coming into their like adult life that Mm. this is the norm Mm -hmm. that people don't approach each other at bars so when they do get approached they feel like that's strange and they're where when I was younger I would get you know it's like normal to get hit on all the time right so yeah I do have to agree with that to a certain extent is that I think on one hand women say we say we want a certain way that men should approach us or be but then on the other hand some of us are just not receptive to it so it kind of ruins it for the rest of us who um, actually want it right can I say another comment I think Personally, my takeaways were very similar to Jenna's. Just the superficialness of this whole thing was a little irritating, in my opinion. So I think it depends what you are saying when you approach them. If you are like doing something like saying like, oh, you're the hottest girl in this bar. Like even if they are the hottest girl in the bar, like a lot of people don't want to hear yeah, that. That's offensive. It comes off skeezy and it comes off like. Well, I, I don't, sh- I don't, I well, don't do that. So what, what, what is do you your say then? How do you approach women? Well, it just. I don't have a certain line. It's not like a, you know, dating game where I have this one certain line. But do you say something to them or do you just grind up on them? Like the few oh, times I've seen. Grind. <laughs> well, we have to go out more apparently. No. We, no, I'll, I'll, I will say something and start a conversation. And then it's a lot of witty comments you know, back and forth. So you're, you're charming them in a way. You, well, you, I would, I would like, no, I would say, I would, no, I would say I'm, I, I'm, I'm teasing them a little bit. Um, cause all girls like to be teased. So when you say that you, when you, <laughs> okay, I, I'm not even going to address that. that <laughs> when you approach women and they're not receptive to your approach, what is your train of thought here? Are you thinking it's the women's fault or you're thinking maybe I should change my approach? Well, I wouldn't even say that they're not receptive to the approach. They may be receptive, but they may just, it may be something that they're just not used to and maybe they're nervous or whatever. I'll tell you what, I'll bring up an example, which just happened, I think, two weeks ago or so, because so, Tony's here. Um, remember <laughs> we were- Tony. Tony. <laughs> well, so, I was with Tony, so you can back up what I'm saying, but we were at a bar in the hate, or the lower hate, rather. And we were walking down that street. We went into the bar. It was basically an empty bar and there were three girls there. And I went up and we struck up a really good conversation, really, really good, funny conversation. It was going very well. It was it was quite clear. There, me and there was this one girl that was very beautiful that I, that I was interested Again, in. Again, very beautiful. She was, she was, <laughs> she was interested in me um, and it was going very well. And uh, is that true, Tony? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> And uh, Tony, how much were you paid to be here? <laughs> <laughs> no, to be the yes man. Yeah, so, uh, I, mean, I was like six drinks in. I was like 125. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was not Tony, no, paying attention to conversation. I, I believe it, you, though. I mean, it was uh, it was it was going very well, and I asked for the girl's number. Uh-huh. Um, you know, hey, let's go do something, whatever. You know, and it was very like she was almost like surprised, or I would say maybe not, maybe surprised, not the word, but. She didn't almost didn't want to give her number, you know, so I tried another way and she even she even asked for my last name and I was like, do you want to have me on Facebook with that? You know, she's like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. So they were kicking everybody out of the bars, 2 a.m., go out to the curb. We're talking to them for a little bit more. And then 
I just all of a sudden I'm like, all right, nice to meet you. I give them a hug. And then we were off down the street and I go get about a block away. I look back and those girls are still looking at me. And I could tell that those friends are talking to that girl and be like, why don't you give him your number? Sound, it sounded like a girl that was very frustrated, you know, and that girl is probably like, well, I don't know. You know, that's how girls are in San Francisco. But you don't know that for a fact. Right. Well, I could see assuming. it. I could see it because they're looking back at me and they were staying at that spot. Like, or they like were they're, like, they're hoping that, that I would come. guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, okay. We, we don't know because we weren't we there. Don't, yeah, I don't we know what you say to them. I, I guess my point is the way you've spoken on this podcast, the past one, that stuff seeps through. So if a woman heard that. I could see why they may not be interested. Well, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, first of all, I don't exactly know what you mean by seeps through or whatever. But I'm not. First of all, I'm not any sort. I, I think you, you make me sound like I'm degrading to women or something. No, it's just how I am. And um, I would prefer a woman who is pretty and beautiful and attractive and that's that, that, that has, she has to get in the door from those things. Okay. I think what's interesting about your train of thought, because I'm always interested in the psychology of what people say, is that we say one thing and then you take that to a whole other direction. We never said you were degrading to women. We said you were superficial, well, no. but then was, something I think was, in your I think it was implying. I think the way that you're implying. You're, you're taking it to that. No, I, I don't um, have any insecurities of that. Okay. Well, I think we all know your opinion. I would love to hear more from the women about just like, your experience with men here and thoughts around that topic. Especially you, Jenna, because you found a good man. You married him. But before you found this man, what were some of your issues? Um, I mean, I love dating here. I did. I loved it. I, in my experience, I did have guys come up to me and talk to me and buy me drinks. I had a guy send me two bottles of champagne. Like I was out with my girlfriends and just gave him a what's up. And that was great. I, it was positive for me, dating. Mm-hmm. I think when you move from dating into looking for something real, that's when it becomes difficult mm-hmm. because I think people overall think the dating part is fun. The surface yeah. dating is fun here. Mm-hmm. It's the looking for something more substantial is a little bit more difficult. Um, but I mean, my experience was positive overall. And then when you are trying to find someone you know, who you want to settle down with, that's when it became harder. Well, the stakes go up in general. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's anywhere, just... Yeah. It was, I would say that it's positive because there are a lot more guys and girls. So you had all the attention and you were, I guess, outgoing and receptive to that attention. So I want to read something from um, the same girl that wrote in about this. She said, I'm so sick of hearing about the men to women ratio in the city being talked about as an upper hand to women due to the numbers. I don't think these guys realize that while in New York, they're getting twice the models and girls in fashion to choose from. We get twice the nerds. No offense. Like, how does that stack the odds in our favor? I do. Okay, so I think this kind of takes it um, a little extreme. There are whatever nerds or whatever you want to call I I personally love nerds so I think the odds are in my favor for what I like <laughs> but I think it's not it's not so much like the attention if you talk to any girl and I want to talk to you guys it's not the attention that's that great in the city because again of the 10 guys in a room maybe one will approach a girl mm-hmm. and he gets all the girls at that bar 
So he's he's got an inflated ego all of a sudden. And the other nine guys who are single are on Tinder trying to match with all the other women in the bar. That's the issue. But I don't know if you girls feel the same way. I guess for me it's hard because I am outgoing. And if I see something I like, I will go after it. So I I don't know if it was you or the other guy on the podcast who mentioned... I mean, I will send someone a drink also. I'm not waiting to have someone send me a drink because I will definitely do that back well, that's to very someone. Good. But I guess the question is, do you feel that the ratio is in women's favor in, in San Francisco and does that spoil you? <laughs> no. No, not no, at all. I don't okay, think. Okay, explain most why. Don't feel explain that why. Way. For those reasons we discussed, for the mm-hmm. nerd factor, number one, and I think that there is this culture of not approaching and not talking to people in real life. And that's not just men, women to men, yeah, men to both. women. It's, it's, I see a woman in my apartment building every day walking her dog. I see her every day. I live three doors down from her and I say hi to her. She never answers. <laughs> hi, good morning. She just stares at me. She stares through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's <laughs> definitely something that people comment just about how like ingrained we are mm-hmm. in our phones mm-hmm. and that whole thing. I think the other <laughs> piece though, it's like not just, I mean, the nerd and all that thing, it's like different different strokes for different folks. Like some women might really like that. So I don't really want to fully comment on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also an age disparity. There's a lot of like really young men that have come to the city because of engineering jobs that are fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. So you have like your 20-something men and they could be great. But if you were like a 30-something woman, you're just not on the same page. And it really right. has nothing to do with them as a person. It's more just like... Your life stage. It's yeah. like that. I think there's just some, but somewhat of a mismatch of people. I think it's like this assumption that women in San Francisco are so spoiled by the ratio that men feel like they don't really need to work that hard because there's so much competition that they're just like, right, whatever. I can be more passive because women are so spoiled in the city and they're not looking for the real. All right. Idea. So I, I just want to go back to what was said about how the ratio is somehow not in the woman's favor in San Francisco. We, I never said that. Well, um, it's that the ratio is in our favor, but that doesn't do right. well, much I mean, for our, our dating life. That's what I mean. Numbers, that's what I mean. Like there's a lot of, there's whatever you call it. There's a lot of nerds, a lot of people that won't approach me or whatever it is. I just find that fascinatingly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a woman, mm-hmm. I got tons and tons and tons of matches. Of course. And not a lot of them, a lot of them were good looking guys. Of course. Yeah. Right. So how can you even say? Okay, girls, raise your hand. <laughs> raise your hand if this happened to you. You got 50 matches in one night and none of them talked to you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had those conversations. You, yes. I've had this conversation all the time. Hey, all. What's the conversion rate from match to actually speaking to you? And then what's the conversion oh, yeah. rate of them actually, actually say, be, asking saying you out? Well, yeah. well, then, so like, then, you need, then maybe, your, maybe your dating profile needed some work. All women? All yeah. women? We need to I don't know. I find this very hard to believe. I, well, I, I converted like a, a lot. I converted the, a lot. The point of this conversation yeah. was to hear from the women, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I mean, I can't complain because I actually met my husband on a dating site. Yeah. So, which, which site? J-Swipe. So yeah. I... Which you're on. Which so, I, I, I mean, it can happen. I think it's just right, like the idea is that it's not like yeah. a walk but in the park yeah, for women, that we're not flooding in dates. For sure. Yeah. If the amount of matches we got on apps actually translated in real life that would be a different story so the same girl wrote that episode should have been called passive sf guys who would not approach you at a bar but would instead take out their phone to try and match with you on an app yes she said that episode should have been called that which i completely 
completely agree with. We could get thousands of matches on our phones. These are called vanity swipes. Right. Sometimes you, these guys and women do the same thing. They just want to know they can match with all these people. Right. But do any of those turn into actual dates? You know, the actual number is 0.4%. Yeah. Well, to and be fair to the dude side, like... I mean, one thing is that, like, I feel like there are a lot of empty profiles, like, that probably men and women, but I'm only saying for female profiles, so the, mm -hmm. you know, the female profiles that, uh, and I mean, you can't really, that's a little bit difficult to start a, a good conversation if you have literally nothing about the person except some few, yeah. like, somewhat spotty photos. Well, that was I just, I disagree. I, on the, on the dating apps, I'll ask the girl for, I'll, I'll give them the girl's her number, and, or sometimes they won't even respond or whatever. I mean, I just don't, I just don't think that, I don't think it's an issue. Well, I, I think, I think it is on women too. I don't think it's just on men either. I think there's a lot women. of women that don't respond or are a little flaky. So it's not like this is one-sided. The reason that they're flaky is because they have, for, they have tons and tons of other guys that, that are not, messaging but them. We are literally saying the exact opposite. You're not listening. Right. I, but, yeah. I want to talk about um, men and women in the city have the exact same complaints about each other. Yeah. Men yeah. will say women are a little passive and they're not receptive and women will say th same things about men. Why do you think this is happening and how can we resolve this issue? I think there's a difference between like what people like and what they actually respond to well, you know? So like, I mean, if, if you, I mean, everybody, I mean, for the most part, with exception of some compliments, people like compliments, but I mean, it's not really something, say somebody approaches you randomly at a bar and it's like saying this or that, it's not really something you necessarily feel comfortable responding to either, you know? So like at a high level, I feel like, you know, people are going to like something that they may not actually respond to in a way that's social, right? So like as a result, yeah, sure, they, they might have enjoyed the conversation, but there's nothing that's going to come out of it, you know? Right. I, I agree. That's a really good point. I think for me, I read this somewhere that it's like if women or if men tried a little harder and women were a bit more understanding, we would like come to an equal point. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of merit there because like I've heard I have this one friend that literally like always gets either flaked on at the last minute or the guy doesn't set up concrete plans. Like if he was just like hey, we're going to go to this bar on this date, she would be happy and she would be more receptive to him. So I think it's like when you feel that someone isn't putting the effort, the woman doesn't put in the effort either. And it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know for me personally, like I had an experience um, like with my ex-boyfriend, like I remember he canceled a date on us, like our second date. And at first I was obviously disappointed, but the way he communicated it was really like, I'm really sorry. Like, we're going to reschedule all this stuff. And then I didn't hear from him. But at the same time, I actually reached out and initiated it because I had gotten so many, like, positive reinforcement before that. So if I hadn't gotten that, I probably would never have reached out. The reality, too, with that, the reason why he wasn't reaching out is because he was desperately job searching. And it's like, if you're on date two with someone, you don't know everything that's going on. So a lot of women will just be like, oh, he didn't text me immediately, like, done. So I think if women and men just like communicated better and were more like understanding of where they were, we could kind of meet in the middle. Well, I think in your example, Jake, when that girl didn't give you her phone number, I would like for her to, I think we just need to give each other more feedback. I right. wish she would have just been honest with you and said, I'm just not comfortable giving you my phone number. I think what you were talking about, Julius, like sometimes we muddle our standards a little bit. You know, we expect one thing, but then we complain when about the same thing. It's like, if, it, you know, we hear from some of our girlfriends, like, oh, he confirmed the date 30 minutes before it was supposed to happen. I still went on the date. 
And then you complain that he confirmed 30 minutes before the date. So it's kind of like that kind of fucks it up for the next girl he dates too, because he got away with it with you. So we got to step it up women and say, no, that's not okay with me, but also have enough empathy to know, to, you know, empathize with, with people with what's going on in their lives too. I, I wonder kind of, um, I, there's no way of knowing this, but like what percent of the times that a guy maybe texts, you know, like half an hour uh, before a date, you know, and it's very, maybe at least as far as texting, not very considerate. Uh, how many times that's because of some sort of, because of being considerate, because of something going on? Like, you know, as you mentioned about uh, your ex's uh, second date, like, I feel like it's really hard to like, it's hard to make that actionable when like, you know, you have a circumstance where there could be so many things going on as far as why they were. But it's not so much what's going on. The actionable point is you should ask if it doesn't make you feel good. If someone confirms a date 30 minutes beforehand and it doesn't make me feel good, I should ask like what, what was happening that I didn't like the way that was handled. Can we talk about it? And maybe that's when it comes out. You know, he was like, had a crazy day and forgot about it. Or that's when you come across as Crazy. <laughs> that is so true. Anytime you try to communicate how you actually think and feel, it's like, okay, you're crazy because I'm giving my opinion and trying to make some situation better. But I was also that's a whole that, other topic. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of it comes down to like the way you communicate it too. Like if I think for men and women, because I think women are just as flaky as men on this. Absolutely. I don't think it's either direction. Like that's that example of having to cancel a date. Like if you reach out in the morning and say, I'm so sorry, I have to do this. That's so different than like 10 minutes before just like either not even reaching out or like giving like a half-assed reason at that point. So I think so much of it comes down to what you say, not what's happening. It's how you approach the situation. If you say, I was really looking forward to seeing you tonight. And when you didn't confirm till 30 minutes ahead of time, I was so disappointed. That's way different than being like, where the fuck were you 30 minutes before the date? And you made me wait and I was like, you know, all dolled up. Like, that's a different approach. So I think we should just be able to communicate, but communicate with empathy and also with respect for each other. But I want to bring this back to what Jake's episode was originally about, (laughs) which was he prefers a date in New York versus San Francisco. My girlfriends and my guy friends in New York face the exact same issues that we do in San Francisco. People are flaky. People don't approach each other. Of course, in New York, people are a little bit more aggressive. Why? Because you live on top of each other. There's no way you can escape people in New York. That's why when you go downstairs to take out your trash, you're most likely going to say hi to someone. But in San Francisco, you could go three blocks without seeing one person. So I I think it's the nature of, it's not so much a dating scene, it's the nature of the environment, you know, what that city is built like. But do you guys think that there is something innately wrong with San Francisco that's making dating difficult? I personally, I've been here for a while and I've seen the city change. Um, Pre-tech, or it's always been somewhat tech, but infiltration of tech scene has definitely changed the type of people that live here. And I think that a lot of the diversity, and when I talk about diversity, I'm not saying race or whatever. I'm talking about mindset diversity Mm -hmm. uh, is gone. All of the creative people, artists, musicians, people doing things that are not working at a tech company, they're few and far between. Mm -hmm. And so with that, there's people who are engineers, there's certain types of minds, right? And so 
those type of people, they're more introverted. They don't go out as much. The bars are closing earlier. There are less people out. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like makes it harder to like meet someone in real life, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, On the flip side, you have a lot more people dating online, which is, I mean, good. I think it's a good thing. But then you create this problem of, well, you're not actually talking to each other. You've never really met. So how can you really communicate? Because you're crazy if you're being like right up front up front like and you've never even met the person right, right? if you don't know someone's tone and whatnot it's and so you, much harder yeah. yeah and you go i go for like well i've never met you why am i devoting time to something that i don't even know could be like could be a waste of time right but back to dating in san francisco i think and this first episode you touched on people are very focused on their careers here Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that also lends to it being very difficult to date because Mm -hmm, let's be honest, like Mm -hmm. you want to go on a first date. You want it to be special. You I mean, women are me. I don't know about every woman or every man, but I want it to be special. I want to buy a new dress and get excited and put lipstick on. And, you know, that's what I'm looking for. And I want to be wine and dined and have that experience of a first date and a connection and a spark. Well, if you're working 12 hours a day and you wake up at five in the morning to go to the gym, Mm -hmm. that's not possible. I mean, you are physically and mentally exhausted. And when you get home from work, the last thing you want to do is change your clothes and put on some lipstick and go anywhere because you're exhausted. Not on top of that, a lot of people work here who have fully stocked kitchens, which you're eating the entire day. You don't want to go out to eat dinner. You just ate with your coworkers 20 minutes ago. I mean, mm. there's so many of these things that don't lend itself to dating. And then on the weekends, you want to see your friends. Or you want to just literally sit on your couch in your underwear and order takeout. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to, like, you don't want to put in an Well, I think that's the thing. It's like people difficult. complain that dating is, it takes too much effort. Right. Yeah. And they want it to blend seamlessly into their lives. Right. But it is effort. It is effort. It is effort to be in a relationship. It is effort to date. It is effort to be married. I mean, but I also think you have to find the person who you want to put the effort in. Right. I heard this quote from someone, and I'm going to butcher it, and I don't know who said it. I think it was a rapper. (laughs) Yes. It was. It was basically like women, any guy who comes along could be the right guy. For men... Or it's the right time for any guy or something. But for men, it's only the right woman when it's the right time. Mm. Mm. Agreed. The timing for dudes is huge. Well, timing is huge in general. But for guys, it's like they have to have – they have to be making a certain amount of money. They have to have their career in order because if not, it's all for fun. There's no seriousness about it. So, you know, you meet a guy and he's not in the place in his career. You're like – Totally. Well, not even worth it because – Right, he's, he's not, not ready. He's not gonna. Right, but I think to my well, point, I, I think that I look at dating, and maybe this is an issue with you guys. Is I look at dating not like, oh, I'm looking to meet my future wife, and hey, I'm just looking to have fun. But that's the disparity of the men and women well, again. No, because it's very but it's very conniving to go from the very first time you meet somebody to think, oh, is he going to be a good husband? Oh, is he vulnerable enough so I can manipulate him? Manipulate him. Wow. Wow. I'm giving it. I'm just giving 
I'm giving examples of what you, you know, what you would say or what you would think. So I think it depends on what you're looking, what you're looking for, and if you're just looking to have fun and like meet new people and date and not be in a serious relationship, that's different than if you're really looking to meet someone. Like you said, Jenna, like you had a lot of fun dating when it's all about just like having a good time. But when you're actually trying to meet someone who's yeah could potentially that you could be in a relationship with, then you know that any guy who's not in a place in his career where he feels comfortable and secure in his manhood, quote unquote, that he's not going to be ready to be in a relationship. And that goes back to there's a bunch of young, mm-hmm. younger guys are, who are here for work. Yep, to get their career off the to ground. To get their career off the ground. Yep. So there could be like that disparity. Or there, a lot of guys you know? who aren't, you know, who aren't young, who are CEOs and have their own companies, who literally all they do is work. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, that's. But I, I'm guarantee that happens in New York too. Oh, like, I think, I it think it's any in major city, city where mm-hmm. someone's trying to find themselves. I think the reality is though, like obviously people find people. You're married. You're in a relationship. We've all been in relationships. Right. Like, what are some positive ways that we can look at this? Like, how are what's some advice that we can give to people that are frustrated or not knowing first what to do? First and foremost, we talk about this a lot on our podcast. Is really know what you're looking for. I think some of us are like, ah, I want a relationship, but do you? I want to be in a serious, committed thing, but do you? Are you ready for that? And also, if you are looking for that, if you're looking for a serious relationship. Why are you approaching people who are straight out of college? Or why are you going for people who are not in a place to date? Isn't that saying something about yourself? I really, what I take from this conversation is men and women have the exact same complaints about each other. So that must mean we're all doing the same thing to each other. So before we complain about (laughs) someone else flaking on you or not being serious about you, then maybe you should reflect and think about, did I do that to someone too? I disagree about this whole, hey, I'm ready to be in a relationship now. Like there's a setting where it's like, oh, I'm ready. My career is in a a point or whatever. Well, I am very open-minded and I would consider that any point I'm willing to be in a relationship. But only if someone's beautiful. Beautiful is a beautiful is a blanket word that I use, but the yeah. truth is that yes, it's both the outside and the inside that counts. And a lot of it has to do with the outside and some of it also has to do right. the inside. But you could meet someone beautiful and you could see them walking down the street. Do you like dogs? I like dogs. They might be a dog kicker. They might be. Well, no, look. No, no, no. But you didn't listen that. to what I said. I said a lot of the outside, some of the inside. But you only will get that. I mean, right. And I, and yes, if there is a very beautiful woman who happens to be very evil or whatever it is or kicks dogs, <laughs> then no, I'm not going to date her. But you know? how would you know that? How would you know? Well, I guess I would uh, assume I would find out in time when we go play with the dog. Yeah. But I, the way you're talking about this, Jake, is, okay, this is what irks me. <laughs> I'm trying to be neutral on this, but this is what irks me, is that when I'm ready for a relationship, I'm open to it. I'm still waiting for that right girl, that beautiful girl to come along. But what are you doing for to yourself to make yourself dateable? What are you doing well, to improve one, yourself? I'm go- oh, I'm doing a lot. You are. Okay. Uh, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to the gym every day. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, you know, I 
Because that's going to make but you a great boyfriend. That's <laughs> right. going to that's the gym. That's not what makes someone. No, that's not true. It's when. It's not true. You, but, the dating. If I right, if I have a really if I have a really hot if I have a really hot shirtless photo on the dating apps and I'm going to get a ton more matches. It's just the facts. But that doesn't mean that you're ready for a relationship. I mean, wh- how does that well, make no, you... Well, no, you asked, what are you doing to make yourself dateable? As a boyfriend, as a relationship guy, as a boyfriend material. Well, as, um, I'm already dateable. So I'm already boyfriend material. How are you boyfriend material? <laughs> I love to hear this because you're going to the gym well, every day. No, right. That really so, works guess, your, right. your hey, love there's muscles. Two, there's two... There are two different oh, things. Yeah. One is... How are you making yourself more dateable? And for example, you're, you know, getting professional photos taken of you. You are eating right, new, like a lot of great nutrition to make yourself look better. You know, you're getting enough sleep, whatever. All right. And then there's, oh, are you making yourself a positive person to be in a relationship with? And I think that answer for me has always been yes. Not just now, but always. How are you doing self-reflection? Are you going to therapy? Are therapy. you asking your am, friends for their opinion? Of course, about- I'm, I'm asking, of course, I'm asking friends. Actually, something I was considering, you mentioned meditation. And um, I recently, Tony, like recently Tony started yeah. meditation and I just spoke to you yesterday about that. You're like, oh, and I'm, oh, it sounds interesting. I'd love to do that. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it it's sounds like, cool. I'm also doing uh, acupuncture. I'm doing yoga every week. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Women would really, really enjoy being in a relationship with this me. is This anyway. is a thing that um, I want to talk about Tony here because the difference between you and Tony, it's like night and day. I wouldn't, the, I wouldn't say that. It's the night difference, and day. I, I wouldn't say that. The main difference between you two is this word called authenticity. Mm. I get this sense of authenticity from Tony because he's very, he comes from a very humble place. This is who he is. He comes from, his questions are from this place of learning about this, from this place of, I, I want to know more about this. Jake, you come from a place of a closed-mindedness. You've already made up your opinion about people. You've already made up your opinion about how this world works. And you're here to teach us your ways. I wouldn't say that. There's no room for growth. There's I, no room I, for growth. I grow, I grow all the time. Every day I learn something new. Well, going every, to the gym and growing every your time muscles I, doesn't count. Every time I go to the supermarket, I get a new, some sort of new food. Does everybody else do that? <laughs> Tony, how are you? I almost feel like he's portraying some sort of character. He can't be like this all the time, right? The thing is that 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 Jake, you know, I, I think Jake does try to play a, a certain character, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so sorry, your question was sorry. I kind of lost track of that. How are you? Okay, so you're the sum of your closest five friends, right? So for Jake to have a friend like you makes me think he's not exactly who he is right now. I mean, you can tell. Okay, so if if you have a conversation with Jake one on one, you can tell when he's being tongue in cheek and when he's not. If you can, if you get to know him, if you know who he is, and you know that you know certain things are, you know, I mean, just you know the way he likes to phrase things more than I think. But I will say that. You know, I, I tend to be somebody who can go just fine with people I disagree with a lot. Well, and Jake is one of those. All right, hey, this, so. is, this is what I think. You're a tolerant person. To, uh, so Tony, uh, he's being very politically correct on this podcast, which is I am astonished because he's using his fake name. He's my, he might as well just use his real name because he's not saying anything that's controversial. But really, his, you know, I think that what I think all of you women are missing is that a lot of guys think the way that I'm thinking. Right. Almost all of them. And they will not want to openly and admittedly say that. And Tony, 
He, uh, look, you're using a fake name. I've heard a lot of similar thoughts coming yeah, from him that are very authentic of things that are... If that is the case, I <laughs> want to challenge our male listeners. If you do feel the same way as Jake, let us know. I mean, I I want to know if men truly feel this way and they're just not voicing, they're feeling so repressed that they're not voicing their opinions. I would really like to know. I would also challenge women. Do you know how hard it was so many of you wrote in about Jake's episode, but some of you refused to come on the show. And we had to get two of our friends who had strong opinions. Why is that? I want to know why we're not getting these strong female voices on the show that we should. I, right. We want to because hear from they you. Know, because they know when they get to meet me, then, you know, they're then uh, it's not going to, I don't know, they can't put up a fight. They can't actually substantiate what they're trying to say. I want to hear if that's the truth, women. Or perhaps I'm they're worried sorry. or perhaps they're worried that I'm actually are gonna actually really fall for me. I think that's a possibility. Oh, no. No, no. Well you're married, so you're And disqualified. even if I wasn't married, let me tell you. Oh no. I think oh. I actually think that me and you would get along if you weren't married. I don't think Jenna's face is saying the same thing. Jenna, a couple years ago, I'm pretty sure that you'd get along with me. A couple years ago? Maybe like seven because I was insecure. I was chubby. I had no idea what I wanted. Well, if you're chubby, then maybe, I don't know. Oh, shit. Maybe not. (laughs) But if you, you know. Exactly. And that's why I threw that in. You know what? I think my takeaway is you'll get what you put out there. Yeah. So. God bless you. I hope you find a woman. Like, but, I really that, do. But, that's yeah. the and same that's, level that's what he, and, to and you. To go back, that's what he's looking for. You're not looking for a serious relationship. I am. I'm looking for a serious relationship if the right type of woman comes along. And one of those qualifications is she has to be pretty because I have to be physically attracted okay. to her. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, okay, look, phys- look, physical oh, stop. attraction what is... is stop. Okay. Stop. I just can't do it anymore. Let's wrap this up. Julie's done. I'm so done with this. Okay. So let's talk about what can we do personally to make dating better if we're having the same complaints about each other. So my biggest takeaway is if you hold the same standards for other people, you should hold the same standards for yourself. If you're complaining about something that someone else did, make sure you don't do that to someone else as well. Any other takeaways? How can we improve dating from us starting from yourself? I think I'm talking to people Mm -hmm. in real life because I think I'm guilty of this too where I am either like I'm off, right? I'm walking yeah. down the street mm-hmm. and I'm off. Or I'm like in the grocery store and I'm not paying attention. I'm like in my own world, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe just like being more present in where you are and talking to people mm-hmm. in your everyday. I mean, for me, that would be yep. helpful. I, I agree that it would be nice for women to hit on me because they don't. I'm, I'm not what? saying okay. hit on men. I'm saying be like have conversations not just talk just to people, to people. Oh, I agree I'm just saying that I agree we're gonna go to Jenna and it's what you would do not what someone yeah. else would do I mean I put a lot of work into myself mm. I was talking to a therapist I was talking to like a life coach I was doing so many things to get myself into a healthy mindset to be in a loving relationship mm-hmm. not only with a person but with myself mm-hmm. and so I mean I think I, I don't think necessarily you need to talk to a therapist or talk to a life coach but maybe you know if there's a friend you can talk to or someone that you can really let down your walls and be like this is why 
I keep doing this with this person or whatever it is and being able to see that and recognize that and kind of grow from that and not repeat those same patterns mm -hmm. in your everyday life. I think that's really important. Yeah. Putting yeah. in the self work. I would have to go with a hybrid of those two. Sorry not to be, or sorry to not be original, but I had the exact, like I keep saying I want mm -hmm. someone to talk to me in real life. And I literally had a guy come up to me, start talking in a salad line and I like froze. So it's like, I keep saying <laughs> I want this but I need to like put it back out there. So I think yeah. I'm also guilty sometimes. Like I'll be like, oh, why aren't men messaging more? But then I have men messaging me and I'm ignoring them. Yes. So it's like mm -hmm. I need yes. to be conscious of what I want and what's out there. And then I second the self-work. I've been doing a lot of that lately. And I really, truly believe that's like so important to get mm -hmm. you there. Let's go to Tony. <laughs> we'll go to Jake last. You know, I think... You know, I, I've, I've certainly been doing certain things to, like, improve myself. Uh, therapy is one thing. Um, trying, you know, I think, to be honest, a part of me feels like a way to improve my sort of long-term dating is to have the time to explore my own interests. And that, and that kind of, to me, I'm thinking involves maybe dating a little less right now. Because, like, I mean, if you're dating, like, if you, you know, I have, I guess, like, other people in the city, you know, I have huge career goals, um, pretty ambitious, but I also have, you know, goals as far as, you know, things I want to get better at, things I want to try out. Yeah. And, you know, some of that, I feel like, you know, I, I wonder if it's like, uh, there's a phrase, I think that Abraham Lincoln said, where it's like, give me six hours to cut down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. Like progress mm. doesn't always look like progress. Mm. And I like that. You know, and and it's something where I feel like in my personal life, I wonder if as far as getting where I want to be with a serious relationship, I sometimes think that maybe the way to do that would be to date a little less. But I don't. I mean, I date two, three times a week, which takes up, in my opinion, a decent amount of time. <laughs> but you're also early 20s, right? Early uh, 20, mid 20s. Okay. So I think that like makes sense for your stage of life to like get to yeah. know yourself and like what we were talking about, like getting all of that taken care of. So you can be at that point. Yeah. So you I think what you said makes sense. A week? That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. A lot of dating. Well, that's millennial Recently, dating for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot more of an. <laughs> okay. Um, Jake, <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance to show some humi humility here. What is something you think you can improve, improve upon in yourself to make dating better? To make Dating better for me. I was really thinking about this. To make dating better for, for me. Everyone. Like, everyone. Oh, for, is this for everyone? <laughs> for everyone. Oh. said me again. I was it's thinking so... about for me. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, just dating me, yourself. So, I mean, hey, I need to probably go out a little bit more. Um, even though I already go out, I think I need to go out more and even approach more women. And... Uh, I think that's one important thing. And that's that would actually be for everyone because it's the best for other women to be approached by me. Yeah, I mean, I haven't followed up with a couple of girls, you know, so perhaps I need to re-follow up with them and maybe they weren't 10 out of 10s, but maybe I should entertain them and, and see how it goes. Just, you know, just to see. So um, for our female listeners, if you like to be set up with Jake, you can definitely email us and we're going <laughs> to we're going to forward your emails on to him. But honestly, what what you want Jake to hear, we want you to write in and we will forward on your message to him. And I'd I think it would help for Jake to see these messages. Let's not 
repress our opinions. I think we need to, we need to, but in a very um, objective way. So we don't want to attack, but I think we should come from a place of, of humble, and love okay and i would love to hear if other men have the same views they do absolutely well let's, and i was let's talking including other let's... people that we know and i was talking okay, and i would love to hear from those men right. but we want to we're going to keep an open mind and hear from all of you and if you want to be set up with tony yeah <laughs> also email in we'll... i i can attest tony's actually a very good uh, date I would recommend him. So Jen is taken, <laughs> but um, Kat's about to set out on a really interesting journey. So Kat's been in San Francisco for a while, and she's decided that she's going to travel the world and explore oh, the nice. world as a single lady. So um, yeah. we've asked Kat to document her her dating around the world for us. Look out for that series coming up very soon. But Kat kind of has the same sentiment as some people where she's like, you know, sick of dating in San Francisco. So the kind of theory is, is it San Francisco or is it universal for all cities because of modern dating? We won't know till she sets out on her first date. I will let you know. Oh, she'll <laughs> let us know. Where's your first stop? Um, first stop. Well, actually, it's New York. Okay, but well, does that, that count? That yeah. totally yeah. counts. We're excited to hear. One. Feel free I to think... forward uh, some dates to me as well. <laughs> okay, nailed it. <laughs> I think, okay. yeah, like dates. I think a lot of times, hypothetically, the grass is always greener, so it'll be really interesting. Yeah, to, yeah. Get to see the what what the actual um, what's actually happening out yes. there in the world. Sweet. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. I. I think we had a really great discussion. I don't know if we made any leeway with Jake, but that's okay. I think he's still a work in progress, and let's just all hope for the best for him. Yes? <laughs> um, uh, if you want to be a guest on our show, please write in. We would love to have you as a guest. We can anonymize you to protect your identity like we have with Jake, which is probably a good thing for you at this point. Okay, on that note, stay dateable! Your action item for this week is to not take things too personally when it comes to dating. There will be some people that you won't see eye to eye with, and that's okay. They're just not suitable for you. You can't change people. You can only change yourself. You also can't force your views on someone. The goal on these dates is to ask the right questions to make sure your values and beliefs align. And you know, as they say, there's a lid for every pot. So know that there's someone who is a fit for you, and for that person you may not see eye to eye with, there's someone out there for them too. And it's not you. If you didn't know already, in our off-season, we launched a premium series called The Why Series, where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback on how actionable these episodes are. So check it out on our website under the tab Y series, or you can now buy directly from iTunes music. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.